Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Escott with you. It's 132 in Edmonton. Wide-ranging conversation today. Brian Lawton talked a bit about uh, return to play and Maybe things might move a little quicker than some people initially thought. I know a lot of us thought we were looking at late January for potential return to play, and uh, some logic may be dictating now that uh, could be a possibility as early as January 1, which is what Gary Bettman has stated all along. Players want to get in as many games as possible. We had Ken Reed talking about his book, uh, One to Remember, referring to guys that scored just one goal in the NHL. And Kevin Lowe uh, was on the show to talk about... Um, Dave Semenko, and uh, that's going to transition us into George LaRock, who we welcome back to the show, Edmonton sporting icon, very much like Dave Semenko, a beloved uh, former Oilers player out market. George, how are you doing? Very good, Bob. How's everything? Good. First of all, Kevin Lowe on the show today, and you were on Kevin's, you had your, did you not have your best NHL season playing for Kevin Lowe? Yes, I did. 13 goals, 29 points. There you go. And what was it? Uh, did you think he was a good coach? Best coach I've ever had. And the reason why is, you know, the, often co- coaches in the NHL, a lot of them are scared. What I said, what I meant by they're scared is that when, you, you know, your big money players, those guys, a lot of coaches, they never want to get them on their bad side, right? Because there's a saying that I always say that if something doesn't work with your star players, the coach is going to go before the star players. Kevin didn't care about how much money you made, uh, your name, how many years you've been in the league. He didn't care about any of that. He was going with the guys that were going. The guys that were playing the hardest, those are the ones that were playing. And I always remember that year, I was playing, I, had a, I was in line with Jim Dowd and Boy Devereaux. We're called the kids' line. And you put, we, there's many nights we played 15 minutes a game, many nights, because we, we're, we're playing good, even though we're rookies. And he was rewarding us with an extra shift uh, when we're doing good. And we got lots of ice time that year. And it was awesome because with Kevin, you can cheat because you know the game so much that if you, if you cheated on the game and a practice or anything, you would know the guys that were cheating. You know the guys that worked the hardest. And everybody played the hardest under him. He was, he was right with everybody. Everybody was equal. And that's why it's always an advantage to play for guys that played the game before because, you know, he's going to know. Uh, you know, when to give some rest to the guys and how to get the maximum of everyone. And on top of that, Kevin is like everybody was the same and you have to deserve the ice time to be on the ice. We're joined by George LaRock. Uh, George, you know, Kevin talked glowingly about Dave Semenko. We know how Dave was a huge intimidating force. You you took Dave Semenko's number 27. Did you ask uh, Dave whether or not you could have that number? And uh, when, you know, what did, what did the old-time guys tell you about Dave? Because I'm not sure you got much of a chance to see him play. Okay, so just so you know, there's a funny story with the number 27 and Dave Semenko. When I got drafted by Edmonton and I went to see Lyle Kulshisky Sparky, 
And he asked me what number I wanted it. And I said I wanted number 27 because, and the reason why is because number 27 was my favorite number. I've had it all my junior career. I've always had that number. It's always been my favorite number. So when I said I wanted 27, he kind of smiled at me and was like, you got it, kid. I like that. And I was like, why is he saying it like that? Why is that number so special? It's my favorite number. And I was like, okay, well, maybe that's what he does every time someone picks a number, right? But then, after that, I found out after that it was Dave's number. And Dave was a legendary tough guy that defended Wayne, that was one of the best ones to ever listen up for the others. And now everybody thinks that I'm this cocky kid that could barely speak English that is coming in that wants Dave's number and that's going to replace Dave Semenko. And I was like, the pressure that I put on myself without even knowing that it was Dave's number, that was insane. So right away, I regretted, Bob, I regretted that I took that number because I didn't know. But when I met Dave after, because he was a scout for the others and I met him, yep. he's this big, scary dude that still looked like he, he, he could still play. And I wanted to apologize to him for taking his number, but it was too late. So, and you know, another thing I have to say, Bobby, is that of all the years that I played in Edmonton, uh, I hope I, un I honored the number 27 well, but you remember when we did the retire night, retirement night at Rexall? Yeah. And uh, when the last, the, the, the night that all the former Oilers, we all came. twenty In 2016, right, at the end of the 2016 yeah. season at Rexall Place, yes. Yeah, and, and the Oilers, they brought back a lot of guys that, for this big reunion. We did a big team picture with everybody, and all the legends were there. A few guys got the chance to talk to the fans, and I'm happy that I was one of them. And when I was talking to Jim Principe, and I got to thank all the fans for their support. But the one thing why I really wanted to talk is to pay a tribute to Dave. And I was just to be able to tell Dave that all those years I played in Edmonton, I hope, and, and, and I know I never did as much as you have done with the number 27 because he's one in Edmonton, but yep. I hope that I honored you wearing your number. You don't know how special it was for me, uh, Bob, to be able to say that, knowing the result that happened a couple of years later when we lost him yeah. way too soon. The fact that I was able to tell him that in front of all the fans, that everybody knows that I recognize that the 27 was not my number. It was not Dustin Penner's number. It was not Ralph and Trevenuvo's number. It was Dave Semenko's number. And whoever takes it from now on, it's always going to be Dave's number. And you have to honor him when you wear the number 27. We're joined right now by George LaRock. Now, George, I don't know if you do this, but I know some of our listeners do this, and I definitely do this. I go on YouTube... And occasionally, George, okay, more than occasionally, I go watch old hockey fights, okay? I, I, I do. I do that. And, you know, you watch Semenko and you watch Dave Brown, who played in Edmonton, Louis DeBrusque, who played in Edmonton, Marty McSorley, uh, who played with the Oilers. Do you ever catch yourself watch now that the video is available? Because it wasn't when you broke into the league, but it, now it is available. Do you ever go watch sort of the old scraps from back in the day? Actually, uh, you'll be pretty surprised, but I never do that. I, I've done it a couple times, and I'll tell you why. But I did it because it was my job, but not because I liked it. So I never liked looking at it. When I met Dave and I found out who he was, I looked at the fight because I wanted to know who he was because he was this legend guy that played for the Oilers, and I never played against him. And I'm glad that I was not playing while he was playing when I saw his fight. 
But the only old timer fights that I fought, that I was watching, Bob, is when I was facing them the next day. So I'll give right. you an example. This is actually pretty funny, a funny story. Funny story. My first exhibition game with Jamaican Oilers was uh, in '96. Was against San Jose Sharks. And you know who was facing me? My first one, Dave Brown. Dave Brown. So what I did the night before, I looked at Dave Brown, like fight, and I saw the one he broke, two limbs and face. So you got the junior kids, me, that was playing with a half visor junior hockey, and I'm facing up with Dave Brown, and I don't have a visor anymore. And, they, and what I just saw the night before, I saw Dave Brown broke two rims in face, and now he's facing me, and I'm like, I got to fight guys like this to be in the NHL? I was petrified. I was like, oh, my God, this, this is crazy. And every time, Bob, I fought guys like Tony Twist, Bob Probert, Ty Domi, Jim McKenzie, every, all of those guys, I would look to, to study them. I would look at their fights. That's why I looked at it to see the type of guys that they were, the strength, the weakness. So that's why I was watching fights, to know my opponent more before I got into it. But other than that, I never took any joy just when I had free time and stuff, just watching fights like this because it's, it, 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 it was such a scary job to do. But right. when, I was, when, I'm done, when I was done playing hockey or in the summer break during my season or even now that I'm retired, I don't look at that because... It was the hard part that I try to forget. So often people talk to me about it, so I answer them, but I'll never be the one that's going to bring it up and talk about the hard fight, about this, about that, about this, because, you know, it, it's not something that I was proud of, but I know it's something that got me to stay in the NHL and got me to play for 13 years. You know, you mentioned Jim McKenzie, and he didn't know that he was fighting Dave Brown when he fought him the first time. There's actual Whoa. there's actual video of him going, like the guys on my team are like, what are you doing? And he's scurring up with, because Jim was well, Jim was really strong. He was left-handed, right? Like he could chuck him with his left hands. He, I mean, I, I, he wasn't as good as you, but he was a, a legitimate top ten tough guy in a long, and he played in the league a long time. And he wasn't huge, George. Like he was like six foot two, maybe six foot two and a half. But uh, he was, yeah, he did not know when he fought Dave Brown the first time who Dave Brown was, which I, yeah, I, find, not, I find shocking. Yeah, but, you know, he, he was tough. I fought him, too. I fought Stiglins, and I pretty much fought everyone. And, and it's crazy when I look at it, when you look at that. You know, you try to make a name for yourself. I figure my mentality, Bob, I was like, if I don't like it, I might, I might as well be the best at it so you don't have to do it as much. Because, yeah. you know, if you have a tough guy that fights 40 times a year, what does that tell you? It tells He's you not that, that tough. People, He's not that tough. It, yeah, it tells you that people will still take liberty against your team because what the worst thing is going to happen? Your tough guy is going to come after me? Well, I won't get hurt. So then people didn't care, you know. But me, when, when, when my reputation was done, I was fighting 10, 12 times a year. That's it. Because I would play in a warm-up. If a tough guy would come to me in a warm-up, they were like, George, I'll be really quiet. This game, don't worry. Uh, George, I don't want to fight you, so I won't do anything stupid. And I was happy. My job was done. And I just had to focus on playing the game because, you know, just guys respecting your reputation and guys knowing that, you know what, they don't. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to mix it up with you. It was good it's because, uh, you know, I was good at what I was doing and that one I didn't have to do it as much. Yeah. Uh, hey, just, uh, just. We're, somebody, we're, we're talking about the fact that occasionally, like Dave Brown was not afraid. Dave Brown cross-checked Thomas Sandstrom in the face. And Thomas yeah. Sandstrom, Thomas Sandstrom deserved it. He was a dirty player, and Dave got him. You didn't go after sort of the middleweights, but I remember one middleweight went after you. Was it Stephen Hines with Phoenix? Who was the guy with Phoenix? That uh, just... it, was, it was Steve Leach. Steve Leach. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he's yeah, like, you know... he's not that big, George. No, I know, and and I one punched him, but and I'm not proud of it. By the way, I, I was well, never he, proud of. But George, he went after of, he went after you, man. Yeah, I know. I hit somebody in Phoenix, and I had a clean body check hard, and he, to defend his teammates, he dropped the glove. But the thing, Bob, is that one thing that I got criticized during my career by you. Yes, by me. By I, you, I know. I know. I did it. You, you weren't mean enough. Mean, exactly. You said I wasn't mean enough. Like, kind of like Brasher the way that he was. And me, when you were saying that, when people were saying that, and you guys were right, I never disagreed with it. But I was like, I fight for a living. I fight to defend my teammates. Right. I'm not going to be a prick on top of being... Everybody <laughs> knows how tough I am. So why would I be a prick on top of the fact that I'm beating people up? Yeah. So I never... I didn't like... like I know Brash did that. He was very good at it. But I didn't like being a bully the one I was doing the job because... You know, to me in the NHL, there was there was those guys, there was those prick guys, kind of like Matt Cook, Rutu, guys like that that get in under your skin, and there were right. the tough guys that, that would extinguish the fire, right? Yes. I was the guy to extinguish the fire. I didn't want to be a tough guy that would go and pick on on everyone, knowing that nobody could touch me. I didn't like that, and I know that often. And I remember even Brownlee sometimes. Uh, I think he wrote an article once, and he said, "Punch first and talk after." You know, like. It was not me. Back in the days, when you watched the NHL in the, in the, in the Dave Semenko times and stuff, it was like that. But when I came in with the instigator rule and the, the job kind of changed a bit where it was more civilized and there was a code, I was always respected by my peers, Bob, because I never hit a guy when he was down. I never hit a guy when the referee came in. The referee, they all knew that. I never took advantage of that. I stopped when a guy was down. I didn't hit him anymore. And yeah. I remember I got criticized because I didn't keep going. I didn't, and I didn't care because I'm the one that was fighting. And when people on the outside were criticizing the fact that I wasn't mean enough, I was like, hey, I'm the one fighting for a living. I don't have to be meaner than what I'm doing well, now because I'm the one going to bat, right? And you know what, George? Part of it is for guys like Robin. Uh, and, uh, like, I watched Dave Brown bounce Cam Russell's head off the ice, and that was scary. Like, he, he dropped Cam Russell, and then he popped him one more time when he was down. When, when Dave Brown started the lawnmower of Jim Kite, now, Jim Kite was trying to punch him. Like, Jim, Jim Kite was on his back, and he was trying to punch Brownie. To me, that one was fair game. So I think what happened is there was a bit of a, an evolution that took place. 
Now, that said, some guys occasionally, like you mentioned Brash, you had Brash down the one time, and he suckered you when you thought the fight was over, right? Yeah, and I, yeah. I remember, you were mad. I remember how mad you, you called me after the game. You're, yeah, no, uh, yeah. you're like, I'm going to kill yeah. a guy. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you expect when you do this that Brash went down twice, and I stopped three times, I think, in that fight, and I stopped. Yeah. And then when I think it's over, I'm like, okay, it's clearly a mismatch. When I think it's over, the referee comes in, then he sucker punched me. Yes, you're right. He did that. But you know what? I was mad at him, but I wasn't going to turn like him because he did that. Right. Because I respected my peers too much. I didn't respect him after he did that. But most of the guys knew that that's the way that I was, and it's yeah. important. And you know, Bob, another thing, too, is that look of all the teams that I played on. People could tell me, tell me at one time, one instant when I was there on that team, that people was taking liberty on my team when I was there. It never happened because people didn't want to mix it up and they, they were respecting me. And, you know, and, and that to me was so important. And then that way I know that I didn't have to worry about anything. Yeah, no, no question about it. Well, it's great you recognize Dave Semenko. It's a wonderful. I know you've always been involved in charity yourself. It's great they got Dave's drive taking place. Um, it's fun stuff. It's a fun time. George, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask one final question for you. We know the game has changed. We know you had a set of standards uh, in terms of how you think the game should be played. What do you think of a minister in Ontario saying, yeah, hot, junior hockey can come back, but there's no hitting? Yeah, okay. So th what I think about it is the same thing as I think about all the politicians that need publicity and they use sport to bring themselves in the news. That's all there is. Are you kidding me? Like, now we, everybody's talking about that politician that, that is trying to put that rule on, which yep. we all know is never going to happen. But there's one thing for sure is that she's getting tons of points. because Lisa McLeod, sure. So she yep. use sport to bring herself in the news. Because, come on, Bob, like, we know it's not going to happen. Are you kidding me? How are you going to play? Like, the debate with fighting with junior hockey is done. That's fine. You want to take it off? It's another thing. But hitting, like, physical, it'd be like football player, you can't hit. How do you play hockey with no hitting? Like, like with no hitting. It doesn't work. It, you might as well just cancel the season, right? So that's why it's like, when I heard that, I was just like, yeah, that's just a tactic. And it worked. Because all everybody talks about it. All the media talks about it. And the marketing person, that person is probably saying the person, you are genius, or the marketing person that had the idea of the politician to do that is probably getting a raise right now because the publicity they got from that, you can't buy that. I don't know. Uh, interesting perspective. Definitely political. It's always political. George, we love yeah. having you. We, we love having you on the show, man. Thanks a lot. Hey, anytime, brother. Anytime. All right. That's George LaRock joining us today out of uh, Montreal. Do you want to mention the best pizza in the city? Still making a great Royal Pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. Royal Pizza is Edmonton-owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. It is a... Thursday edition of Oilers Now, the Stoffer recommendation, also the Brendan Escott recommendation, the Texan. I had it the other night. It was terrific. Let's go to this day in Oilers history. 
hey, George was on the team that at the, on this date back in 2000. What do you got, Brendan? Well, the Oilers defeated the Wild in Minnesota by a 5-4 scoreline. Doug Waits with a goal and four assists. Ryan Smith had a goal and two assists as the Oilers moved to 10-8-2-0 on the season. I was a big Doug White fan. Loved how he scored. You know what? You can make, make an argument. The goal he scored against the Calgary Flames where he was skating backwards by Daniel Rush after he beat two guys is one of the top ten goals in Oilers history. Doug White was a skilled, skilled player. Uncle Milt down at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin telling me the other day sales were strong all summer. In the fall, they're down a lot of units with the used vehicle inventory. Brent Ridge Ford of Wetaskiwin needs your trades. The Ford Motor Company will give you a trade-in bonus of up to $2,500 for a 2016 model or older. Uh, the team at Brent Ridge is keeping your safety their top priority. They are complying with all AHF safety protocols. Go down and see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the game at your Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Uh, coming up today at... 205. Uh, chambers of Commerce around Alberta are concerned about the lack of clarity. This is going to be on with Jalen Nye in the 630 Chet Afternoons. So the Chamber of Commerce concerned about the lack of clarity from the government about potential COVID-19 circumstances that would force businesses to close. President and CEO of the Edmonton Chamber, uh, uh, Jeanette uh, Riopelle, uh, we'll join uh, Jalen Nye at 2 o'clock uh, to explain more on that front. Obviously, again, there's politics and a lot of different decisions that are uh, occurring right now. There's some tough calls that are going to be made. Brian Burke uh, taking a two-week break. He's brought to you every Thursday. Uh, for 50 of 52 weeks by our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication solar. And Brian Burke will be rejoining us in two weeks' time tomorrow. Elliot Friedman will be on the show with us. Because there's news on the NHL front, uh, John Shannon, our NHL insider. Uh, there's going to be lots of tweets coming out over the course of the next hour to an hour and a half. In terms, I, I got to tell you, I'm going to finish the show the same way I started it. I think things have maybe progressed a little quicker than I thought. And... Uh, at one stage, I believe the players didn't necessarily want to have, you know, logic dictated maybe come after uh, the Christmas break. But I now led to believe that there's uh, several players I want to get going because they want to get in a 60-game schedule. So we'll continue to monitor that. Uh, John Shannon will be on tomorrow's show. Elliot Friedman for the River Cree Resort and Casino will be on tomorrow's show. My play-by-play partner, Jack Michaels, uh, will join us as well. Again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Keep it coming. Um, just uh, this text comes in late into the show on the Ashley Five Floors text line. and says, Bob, that goal of Doug Waits was ridiculous. I remember it was like yesterday. Very McDavid-ish, actually. It was right around, I'm, I'm thinking it was at the 97 Grey Cup. It was right around that time. It might have been the 97 Grey Cup was in Edmonton, obviously, on a Sunday. And I think it was a Saturday night game. Uh, regarding uh, the Oilers and the Calgary Flames. Bob, did uh, George LaRock ever fight Dave Manson? I don't think George ever fought Dave Manson. Uh, Dave Manson was very unpredictable during his days in Chicago. There was a legendary brawl between the Leafs and the Hawks, and Gary Lehman was going after uh, Danny Savard, and, and Manson was tossed out. 
pushed you know off the ice and came back on and it's pretty comical stuff so lots coming up over the uh next uh, 24 hours keep her coming here reed wilkins got inside sports tonight this wraps up the thursday edition of oilers now off to a global news weather traffic update with eileen bell and then the 6 30 jet afternoons with jayla and i so long everybody oilers now with bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on oilers radio 6 30 chad